0: Hey there, and thanks for tuning in to a message from New King Church. We're a church located in South Burlington, Vermont, and our prayer is that this resource would help you find and follow Jesus. If you want to know more about our church and the ministries we have, check us out at newkingchurch.com. Remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. But avoid irreverent brabble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some. This is the word of the Lord. You can be seated. Well,
1: good morning. How are we doing? Um, If you don't have a Bible with you this morning, that is quite all right. We have some Bibles for you you want to slip your hand up, somebody's going to come down the aisle and they've got Bibles in hand to hand to you. Um, And if you don't have a Bible at home, we um, want to give that to you. That's our gift to you. We love handing out God's Word. Um, Today, that's what we're talking about. We're going to be talking about how do you read the Bible? Um, Oftentimes, we we talk about how to read the Bible, how to study the Bible, or we talk about doing that rather without really going into the, uh, the how-to of it. And that's what we're going to do today. Our passage today deals with that. Um, and at, at New King Church, we have one of our four values is depth. And when we talk about depth, what we are getting at is that uh, we want to be the kind of people who dig deeply into God's Word. We believe that a depth of study in God's Word produces a depth of soul. And um, that is because we believe that this is more than just a book. This is not your uh, average everyday book, but this is the very Word of God. In fact, uh, one page over in your Bible in, Tim- in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says that all Scripture is breathed out by God. And and we believe that with all of our hearts here at New King, that this this Bible is the Word of God. It is God-breathed and therefore has the power and the potential to transform our lives. When I personally look back on uh, the very beginnings of my Christian faith, I was (laughs) in college as a college student, and I surrendered my life to Jesus. And I am so thankful that right away, God put people around me that highly, highly valued the Word of God. And those people um, that became my friends were the kind of friends that encouraged me to read my Bible every single morning. And So I began a habit of waking up early for my classes and, and spending time. I would make some coffee, and I would sit in my room there in my apartment, and I would read over God's Word. And, and He began to transform me and, and built a habit that has continued to produce so much fruit in my life, more fruit than any other habit that, that I have. And so I hope that um, if you are uh, new to all this, that you'll begin that habit today. Um, I hope that if you're already doing that, that you will uh, walk away with some more handles of how to dig deeper into God's Word. So um, pray with me, And then we will jump into this. Father in heaven, um, God, I I thank you so much that um, you have put within this church, within your people, a desire to know you. And there is a hunger for your word, but Lord, would you increase it? And God... um, I pray that today that that you would speak through me, that you would give me the exact words that you want me to say. I pray that you would give open ears uh, to hear what you have to say, and Holy Spirit, would you have the freedom to do and and say what you want to say in this time. Um, We give this time to you. I pray that that your word would be um, honored and that Christ would be magnified, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. All right. Um, so, if you're a note-taker, you're going to like this sermon because there's a lot, uh, a lot of information that I want to give you. Um, and here's, I'm going to go ahead and give you my outline, uh, five points this morning about how we study the Bible. And my first is, we're going to say, we're going to look at the fact that we need to study the Bible with the Counselor. Um, I'm going to use all C's here. The Counselor is the Holy Spirit, just so you know. Um, we want to study the Bible with the counselor. Number two, we want to study the Bible with confidence. Number three, we want to study the Bible with care. Number four, we want to study the Bible correctly. And number five, we want to study the Bible in community. So those, that's my outline. That's where I'm headed. I'll go back through those so uh, you can follow along. But the first thing that we want to see is that we want to study the Bible with the counselor. And what we're going to do um, is we're going to really zero in on verse 15 here. I'm going to read that again for us right now. Verse 15. Paul, writing to Timothy, who is a pastor here in, in the church in Ephesus, says to Paul, I mean, says to Timothy, "Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth." That's where we're really going to focus. We'll look at some of the other verses around it as well, but that's where the majority of this is coming from. So first of all, we need to study the Bible with the counselor. Where do I get that? Well, um, the first question that we should ask when we read this verse is, what is the word of truth? What is it that we're talking about here when Paul tells him to rightly handle the word of truth? And um, we know that the word of truth is the word of God. It's the very words of God, as I just said, that this is God-breathed. And so what, what we're handling here when we handle this book is a sacred thing, a holy thing. It is, it is, it is God communicating to us. We're, we're, we're dealing with words. So let's just break this down in its most basic form. What are words? Words are a means of communicating what's on one person's heart or mind to another person, Right? very simple. That's what we have here. This is God communicating to us, to his creatures, what's on his heart and mind and what's, what's true and how he's designed the world and what's good and what's evil and what's uh, right, what's wrong and, and how it is that we come into a relationship with him even though we have sinned and gone our own way and run our own way and how it is that He has worked all through human history to bring about redemption, a way of coming back into relationship with Him. That's what we're dealing with. We're we're dealing with God speaking to us, His words to us. But 1 Corinthians 2.14 tells us, look at this with me, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. They're spiritually discerned. Um, And so... What this verse is getting at is that what we're dealing with is that an infinitely holy, infinitely high above us, infinitely wise being who is totally other than us is communicating to us and we are his creatures and we are finite and, and spiritual things cannot be understood by fallen, broken, finite creatures without him illuminating for us illuminating the truth for us by his spirit. Spiritual things require the Spirit's help to understand them. That's how we, that's how we understand spiritual things. John 16 13, Jesus says, when the Spirit of truth comes, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truth. You need, I need the Holy Spirit to understand anything spiritual, and that means I need the Holy Spirit to understand all of the Word of God. What, how do we know that this is a spiritual book that cannot be understood without the Holy Spirit's help? Well, Ephesians 6.17 calls uh, this the sword of the Spirit. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. This is, the, this is meant to be hand, handled by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes this sword in his hand and he pierces our hearts with it. So we need the Holy Spirit's help. Um, And so do not attempt to understand spiritual things without the help of the Holy Spirit. You guys with me? What did Paul say a few verses back? Look at verse seven of this chapter in, in 2 Timothy 2. Paul says to Timothy, think over what I say for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. That is a promise, right? It's a promise. If you think over the words here, then the Lord will give you understanding in everything. And so we can trust that promise. How do we do this, though? How do we study the Bible with the Holy Spirit? I want to give you three ways. Number one, begin with prayer. Begin with prayer. This is what I, I, every time I open my Bible, I I begin with prayer. One prayer that I love to pray is in Psalm 119.18, where the psalmist says, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. We need the Holy Spirit to open up our eyes in order to see what's here the glory that's here. So begin with prayer. The second way that we study with the Holy Spirit is we read prayerfully. We read prayerfully. So as you read, talk to God about what you're reading. Ask him questions. That was confusing, Lord. What does that mean? I don't understand that. God, would you help me to understand that? Or God, that really, that really jumped off the page at me. Why? What are you saying to me? What is it that you're trying to communicate to me, God? Read prayerfully. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding. Ask Him to do that. Never, ever, ever bypass the Holy Spirit in your time in the Word. Um. There are wonderful tools out there. We're going to talk about those in a little bit in this, in this sermon. There are study Bibles. Some of you have study Bibles. Those are just Bibles that have notes at the bottom of the pages that are, that are there. that are added by uh, scholars who have spent decades studying these things. And, and there's incredible and wonderful insights in those things. And I, and I want to encourage you to have a study Bible if you don't have one. But do not bypass the Holy Spirit. to to jump to a tool to find out what another man got out of this text. The Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. Thirdly, end with prayer. So begin with prayer, read prayerfully, end with prayer. This is how you study with the Holy Spirit. When you finish your time studying the Bible respond to whatever the Lord has shown you and ask Him to help you to apply and live out what He has shown you. Don't don't open God's Word and see wonderful things and then walk away unchanged. Do not walk away from it and try and live it out in your own strength. Ask for the grace that you need to live out what He has shown you. That's how you study the Bible with the Holy Spirit, with the Counselor. Second point, study the Bible with confidence. Here's what I mean. Some of you are overwhelmed by the Bible. Uh, you might read it, but you don't necessarily read it with faith that you're going to get something out of it because you've, you've, you've gone to it before and you've been confused by it and you've, and you've felt overwhelmed by it. So you don't come to the Bible with confidence. And I, I get it. Even Peter, the, the head uh, apostle, said in 2 Peter 3.16 about some of Paul's letters, there are some things in them that are hard to understand. <laughs> That's Peter. He's like, Paul's really smart, guys. Uh, and, and I read his letters and they are, there are some hard things to understand. So I get it. I'm not saying that this is all just super easy. But I am saying that you can come to God's word with confidence because he's given you his Holy Spirit. Remember the promise. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Studying the Bible um, doesn't mean that you will understand, it doesn't mean that you'll understand everything immediately, but it does mean that you will understand what you need to understand when you need to understand it. And some things, some understanding is going to take years and decades of study. And, and, and that is part of the joy of digging into God's Word. You're never, you, I don't care how long you've been studying it, you are never going to get to the point where you're like, all right, got it, time to move on to another book. <laughs> it's never going to happen. You cannot plumb the depths of this book because it is alive. It is a living word. You will never get to the bottom of it, but you will have understanding that you need when you need it. If you'll trust the Holy Spirit, if you do the work of thinking over, right? You see that we're called to do something here, right? It doesn't say sleep with the Bible under your pillow and, and, and the Holy Spirit will transfer it into your head right? That might help. (laughs) It says, think over what I say. You do the work of thinking it over. It says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. You do the work, but the Holy Spirit will give you understanding. But you can come to this book with confidence, even though there are some hard things in it, You can learn from this book. God will teach you. Also, studying the Bible with confidence may mean that you need to change the way you approach God's Word. And here's what I mean. I think that there are two ways that you can approach God's Word. One is that you can approach this as if it were just a book. And many people do that. Many people do that. You can approach it as if it were just a book. Um even a, a very important book, e- even a, a very deep book, e- even a very helpful book. And yet, that's, that is not correct. That's not how you should approach this. It's not just a book. Just, there is no other book like it. It is far more than a book. If you just approach it as a book, you can find interesting things and things that stimulate your mind And you can even, and people do, spend an entire life just studying this as though it were a fascinating piece of literature. But it will not transform your life if you come at it that way. The other way and the right way that you can approach this is that this is a communication from God. This is God specifically speaking to me. And every time I open its pages, I have opportunity to hear directly from God. And that is a very different way of approaching this, this book. And that that causes me to come to the Bible with my ears open. Because I want to hear something from this God for me. All throughout the Old Testament. God lamented the fact that His people would not listen to Him. Psalm 81:13 is one of those verses. It says, "Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways." Because of indwelling sin, human beings are notoriously terrible listeners. And this is the root of almost all of our problems in life. Maybe it is the root of all of our problems in life. Go all the way back to the garden. The instructions were clear, but we struggled to listen. To listen, what does that mean? I want to think about this just briefly. Look, look at this definition. The, the dictionary defines listening this way, three, three different things. To pay attention to sound. To hear something with thoughtful attention, thoughtful attention, and I love this last one: to be alert to catch an expected sound. When you open God's word, are you alert to catch an expected word from Him? Are you coming alert to ex- to catch an expected word from Him? That's what it means to listen. Are you listening like that when you pray? Are you listening like that when you read? Are you expecting this living God to say something to you? That's how we read the Bible in a way that will change our lives. So come to Scriptures confidently believing this, that God wants to speak to you. Third, Thirdly, We need to study the Bible with care, with care. Um, So we should have confidence when we study the Bible, knowing that God wants to speak to us, but that doesn't mean that we come to it carelessly, right? Um, We we come to God's Word with great care. That's the tone of this entire uh, letter, is, is that there are false teachings, there are twistings of the Word of God, there are, there are ways that people have, have twisted this and, then, and now people are being led into ungodliness and, and there are people who have swerved from the truth and they've departed from the faith and you need to, Timothy, do your best to rightly handle this thing. So come to God's word with care. This, is, this makes me tremble as a preacher, that I will stand before God for the way that I have handled this book. James 3.1 says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. This is what, when we come to some harder things that the Bible talks about that for our culture are, are offensive or might make people even leave this is what keeps us preaching whatever God's word says, is that we know we're, we're going to ultimately stand before God for the way that we handle the word and preach the word. And not to say that we're doing that perfectly, but we are aiming to do that the best we can because we'll give an account for it. Mishandling this communication from God to his creatures has deadly consequences. Look at the rest of our passage. Look at 16 through 18. He says, But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. Their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some. Hymenaeus and Philetus did not rightly handle God's Word. And they did not do what Paul is exhorting Timothy to do and what the Holy Spirit is exhorting us all to do. They They didn't rightly handle it. And so they came to a conclusion, it seems... Uh, based upon a current philosophy that was popular in the day, Gnosticism, it seems they came to a conclusion that the resurrection was merely a spiritual resurrection. It had already happened. And they were teaching this, and it was leading people away. It was leading people into more and more ungodliness. But this wasn't a mere hermeneutical mistake, I, I don't believe at all, because in 1 Timothy, Paul brings up this first guy, Hymenaeus, and says that he has shipwrecked the faith because he neglected to keep a clear conscience. So I, I think that um, there is so much truth to the saying that sin will either keep you from the word or the word of God will keep you from sin. And I think Hymenaeus, he, he let sin run rampant in his life. He didn't, he didn't do the work of keeping a clear conscience before God, and then he began to mishandle the word. It happens. Um, So, sin will keep you from this book, or this book will keep you from sin. The warning in this passage is really clear, is that um, mishandling God's word has great consequences. It can lead into ungodliness and Um, and can lead people away from Christ. So what should we do? And that brings us to the next point. And that is we should study the Bible correctly. He says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. That means that there's a right way to do this. One approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. There's a right way to do it. And um, to, to handle God's word correctly will take some work. Did you catch that? A worker. This is, this is going to require some effort, some, some time, some mental energy. Um, notice that as I've been Going through each of these points, I'm talking about studying the Bible. Studying is a little different than reading. Reading the Bible is so good, it's so great, but studying the Bible is even better. um, David Mathis, a a pastor and a teacher, I love the way he talked about the difference in this. He said, um, "Reading is like raking leaves. It's it's a little bit easy work, um, and it's good work, but in the end, all you have is leaves." Studying is like digging, and digging is hard work. And at the end, you might have a little bit of a sore back, you know, calluses on your hands, but you can find diamonds if you dig. So when we talk about studying the Bible, what we're getting at is lingering over words and sentences and phrases and paragraphs, slowing down. and and asking questions this is how we study the bible correctly Um, most mornings in my quiet time the way that i do this is i will read and and i'll I'll read a a chapter or a few chapters until uh, a passage or, or a verse stands out to me jumps out at me and then i'll take that verse or verses and i will write them down and i'll start to dig I say, okay, this must be, Lord, where you're wanting to speak to me. And I'll begin to dig there. Um, And so this is what we need to do. We, We need to study the Bible with correctness to seek to understand what is it that God means to say here. Not what is it that I think that this means for me, but what does God mean to say here? What did he originally mean to say through this author. And that means um, that we seek to understand what the original author intended to say to his original audience. Okay? That's where we begin. How, what did the original author mean to say to his original audience when this was written? I want to give you three steps to help you figure this out. Um, observe, interpret, and apply. Observe, we're going, to get, we're going to look at it. It means, what is, the Bible, what is this passage saying? That's where you start. Then interpret, what does this passage mean? And then apply, what will I do in response? So, so when you begin to dig into a verse or verses, you're going to observe. Uh, you're going to ask these questions like, who wrote this? Who was it written to? What words, phrases, or ideas are repeated what words, phrases, or ideas are connecting to somewhere else in the Bible? What's the main point that's being made here? And do I need to look up the meaning of these words? And I just mean like, get out a dictionary and, and look them up. I'm just talking about looking up the English meaning of the word. Not talking about anything crazy. What What is this meaning? That's the, that's the first stage, observing it. Just what's there? Second stage is interpret. And at this stage, we're seeking to gain a fuller understanding of the meaning of the passage. And so this is where I'm um, taking those initial observations and I'm really trying to deduce what did this author mean to communicate to his audience? That's what I'm wanting to know. That's what I want to understand. I want to give you three helpful tools in that. Context, cross-references, and commentary tools to be used with the Holy Spirit, right? So context, this is very, very important. Um, The most important is that we need to read verses in the context of the paragraphs that they're in and read paragraphs in the context of the passages that they're in and read passages in the context of the books that they're in. And as we gain a fuller understanding of the Bible, then you're going to read those books in the context of the whole Bible. Context will give you so much. that This alone will answer the, the vast majority of the initial questions that you have when you read a passage. Context. What is, it that, what is it that, if I'm in a letter from Paul, what is it that Paul has been saying all along? So, so let me just say this. If you're brand new to the Bible... Don't, don't start reading the Bible by flipping through and going, okay, let's start here. Because you wouldn't do that with any other book, would you? Right? That would be so confusing. You don't, you don't put a movie on and fast forward to the middle and hit play. <laughs> you need context, right? And so when you study the Bible, begin at the beginning of a book. If you're brand new to all this, I would suggest reading one of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Read one of those Gospels and read through it from the beginning to the end like you would any other book, and you'll see themes begin to emerge. You'll you'll see things repeated, and in the beginning it might feel confusing, and as you go, you'll gain more and more understanding. Context is so important um, and so many erroneous doctrines and false teachings and errors have come out of a lack of context. People just taking a verse and then just building a theology off of a verse without looking at what the verse means in its bigger context. This is so key, and so I spend the most time there. Cross-references is the next tool. Um, and in many Bibles, you're going you're gonna to have this, um, a little... A little letter like the letter x or the letter y or and then it will link you to um, other verses it'll be somewhere on the page it'll say there's another verse that's got this same word the same phrase in it and you can go look at that verse and, and read about it and it and if the passage that you're in might say something that's a little confusing you can check the cross reference and go and read a verse there and it might make oh now i understand this is a little clearer in this passage those are, um, those are great to help us understand. When we're confused about something, the best rule of thumb is let Scripture interpret Scripture. Scripture is its own interpreter. Scripture has the answers to the questions you have. And then the third tool I want to give you is commentary. And, and I mean check with some scholars that have done a lot of studying. And I would say... Um, this is, I didn't get into commentary until I had been a Christian and been studying the Bible for probably mm, five years or six years. And the reason was because I was given a study Bible, and I found that like every time I got in the Word, I just couldn't stop reading the study notes. And I said, I need to, I need to kind of take a break from that. So here, but, but here's what I'm getting at, is just to reiterate what I made, this, the point that I made in my first point don't replace the Holy Spirit with commentary um, because this is about you building a relationship with the living God. And however, I love commentary. It's so helpful in many times. And so here's where I would, what I would say. Some of you are very bookish people and others of you are not. And you know who you are, I think. <laughs> If you're not a very bookish person, then just get a study Bible if you want to have some commentary to dig into. The ESV and the CSB both have excellent study Bibles. There are other great ones too. But get a study Bible. Just make sure that you don't go and read those notes until you've prayed through it and wrestled through it on your own. And and there's plenty in a study Bible to give you help from these scholars who've spent time in it. If, if you're more bookish person, then, then get some commentaries, and there are some great ones out there. Um, Eric wrote an article in our fall issue of our magazine that we put out about how to pick great commentaries, so you can check that out. That's super, super helpful. Um, all right, so that's That's the the second stage, is interpreting. And we have these tools to use. The third stage is apply. So observe, interpret, apply. This is where I ask these questions. Did I learn something about God in this passage? Did I learn something about humanity or myself in this passage? Was there a sin to avoid or a command to obey? Have I been thinking incorrectly about something? Before I walk away from my time in God's word, I want to make sure I know what it is that God was saying specifically to me. So these are my, my two most important questions every morning before I walk away from the word. What did the Holy Spirit want to communicate to me, and what am I going to do about it? How, how do I need to, to act differently, speak differently, think differently? What was it that he wanted me to do based on what he was saying? We are responsible for studying the Bible correctly, but we're not alone in this journey. And that brings me to our final point. We need to study the Bible in community. Study the Bible in community. Um, Verse 14 begins with, Remind them of these things and charge them, before God not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearer. So the context of this passage is Paul writing to Timothy and telling Timothy, you, you need to do a good job, your best job, handling the word of God for the sake of the people that you pastor. You're, you're in community. You need, there's things that you need to remind people of. There's things that you need to teach people. Um, and so, in this passage, in this entire book, the context is a community. It's people living in fellowship with each other, doing life together. And, and so he's, um, he's instructing Timothy to, to do a good job for their sake. In other words, God intends that we study the Bible with the help of other Christians, that we do this in community. That we have pastors who are pastor teachers who, who help us to wrestle with and understand God's word. Um, but it's not just pastors teachers. Like this is everyone has a role in doing this. Um, isolation is terrible for your faith. Proverbs 18:1 says, "Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Isolation happens because we don't like for other people to remind us that we don't have it all together. (laughs) So we need other Christians reminding us of what's true. One of my favorite passages that illustrates this point is um, Colossians 3.16. Look at this one. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. There is you, you, every single one of you have a responsibility to to be in God's word such that it's dwelling in you richly so that when you're hanging out with other people, other Christians, it's spilling out of you and, and helping to teach and admonish other Christians and they should be doing the same. And and, and when that happens in community, oh my goodness. The growth that can happen, the fellowship that can happen, the unity that can happen, it's unbelievable. We're designed to grow in community as we study God's word and pass on what we're learning to others. Let me teach you a powerful question to use when you're hanging out with other Christians. You ready for it? What is God teaching you right now? in his word? Ask that question. Ask that question. Not, and and don't, don't be ready to pounce on them with judgment if they say, I don't know, I haven't really, not a lot right now. No. If they say that, if they say, well, I don't have a lot right now, that, I don't know, then encourage them. Ask them more questions. What, why do you think that is? Or just say, well, let me share what God's been teaching me. But that question, um, that question has done more in my marriage than any other question. Just asking each other, saying, what's God, what did he teach you this morning? We get real specific. And if one of us says, I don't know, you know, that, that leads to some good conversation. Why not? Um, it's a powerful question. It can lead to some awesome encouragement. So um, I want to wrap this thing up. Band, if you guys could come on back up um, as as we conclude. Jesus said in Matthew 4.4 that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. In other words, we were not designed to live spiritually without feeding on God's word. That means we need it every single day, right? I don't know about you, but I don't ever forget to eat. (laughs) Never. I'm never like, oh, you know what? Forgot to eat today. No, I'm like, I wake up and it is almost the very first thing on my mind. What am I going to eat? I'm in tune with my body's craving to be filled. And some of us need to get more in tune with our soul's craving. And it is always craving, and we are always feeding it. The question is, are we feeding our souls the Word of God? I want to come back to something that I said way, way earlier in the sermon. I said that you need the Holy Spirit to be able to understand the Bible. Some of you don't yet understand the Bible because you don't yet have the Holy Spirit. Um, And that is because you haven't yet turned from your sins and put your faith in Jesus. And um, the Bible says that when we believe the gospel, the gospel is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He came to this earth and He lived a perfect life, fulfilled the law of God And then He went to the cross and He took our sins upon Himself on the cross and He died in our place to pay the penalty for our sin. He was buried. On the third day, He rose from the grave. Victorious. Bodily rose from the grave. He will never die again. Jesus Christ is alive today and forever. And those who turn to Him in faith and believe in Him and trust Him Will be forgiven of sins, and will receive the Holy Spirit. That's the gospel. And so, some of you 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 haven't been able to understand the Bible because you you haven't had the Holy Spirit. And I want to invite you to turn to Jesus today in faith and receive forgiveness and the Holy Spirit. Others of you, I want to give you an opportunity to respond. Others of you need to confess to the Lord that you've grown lukewarm. In, in your relationship with God. And you've been neglecting God's word. And let me just make it really, really plain. If you do not spend time in God's word, then you're shutting yourself off from hearing from Him. That is terrible for a relationship. And so for some of you, you need a moment to just repent of that and to say, God, I'm so sorry that i have i haven't cared that you want to speak directly to me through your word and you need to confess that to him you need to call it what it is that it's sin and you need to repent and say i'm i'm back and others of you you've been in the word regularly but your heart is far from him and that's because you've been coming to this as if it were just a book um, you've been coming to this as if it were just a to-do to check off and it's become a religious activity for you and you need to, and you need to repent of that and return to a relationship with Him. You need to hear Jesus' words in John 5, 39-40. You search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life and it is they that bear witness about Me. Yet you refuse to come to Me that you may have life every single time you open up this book you have an opportunity to come to jesus um so i want to give you an opportunity this morning to respond to whatever it is the lord is doing in your heart and i think we all have room for confession and repentance this morning and i don't want anybody to leave here and say you know um that was an interesting sermon or that, or that made me think about this and not have an encounter with the living God. I think that's actually why we're here today is because we would love to have an encounter with the living God and have Him change us. And so I think right now is, is our opportunity to humble ourselves before Him, to confess whatever it is we need to confess to Him and to ask Him for grace And for some of you, that means for the very first time, confessing, God, I'm a sinner. I need forgiveness and I believe in you today. And I'm trusting you today. And for some of you, it's, God, I have completely neglected your word. I'm so sorry. I want to come back to you for a relationship. And for some of you, it's, God, I'm so sorry. I have turned this whole thing into a religious exercise. Which one are you? I want to give you a chance to to silently pray right now. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live. God, we confess that we have so often fed our souls with emptiness and shallowness. And God, we have so often neglected your words which are life to us. God, we confess and we ask for forgiveness and we ask that you would make us a people of the word, that you would take us deep, that you would grant to us understanding, that you would tear down lies in our hearts, Lord. That you would sanctify us in truth. Your word is truth. God, that you would set us free with the truth. Forgive us for our neglect. Forgive us for coming to it as if it were just a book. Forgive us for reading the Bible in our own strength without the help of the Holy Spirit. God, do a work in us. May your word be the ground which we build our lives upon the gospel of Jesus Christ. May it be central to everything that we do. That you would transform us, use us, bear fruit through us, and get all the glory for it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.